Good morning, die harders. Who's ready to live free or die hard? This is the Shogun on the SW Experience, and with me once again from a long distance is my good old friend and longtime guest of the show. Oh, I should stop calling him a guest. He's practically a regular now. Big Al, how you going? Say hi to the people, Al. Huh? Hey, yeah, every second weekend, and uh, we here to talk shit once again. Yes. It's like, uh, like a parody of that, that Slim Shady song. It's like, guess who's back? Back again. Like, Shogun's back with his friends. Guess who's back? <laughs> oh, shit. Sounds like, a, sounds like an 80s TV show. Like, you remember Garfield and Friends? Like, if we had, like, our own show, it'd be like Shogun and Friends. Like, just, damn. It, if we had our own show, it'd probably, I'm not going to lie, dude, the pilot would probably be absurd. Just utterly absurd um, like a regular show episode yeah pretty much <laughs> if you were to describe it if you had to describe regular show it sounds boring but like it's like no 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 dude i promise it's it's cool you gotta check it out man like just you, you just gotta watch it if yeah. you watch it you'll understand <laughs> like it's these two groundskeepers and they, they got a, a boss named benson and like a yeti i mean it sounds crazy but I, like, dude just check it man. <laughs> oh man <sighs> shit i okay i gotta ask before we get to the abomination topic right well, the whole topic all right have you watched Fast and I want to. I really, really want to, man. Like you don't even know. After your videos, that video you sent me, like talking about how wild the shit is, I really want to see it, man. I've seen the memes, and you know, I hear all the backstage feuding shit with The Rock and D- Vin Diesel. I don't care about that. I want to see F9 more than anything. But I have seen Black Widow. Yeah. <sighs> Traded one disappointment for another. Oh, you hear about Scarlett Johansson suing uh, Disney because they uh, released the thing on Disney Plus at the same time as its cinematic release. I don't know how to feel about it, to be honest. At one hand, it makes sense, right? If Disney Plus is a way countries that cinemas haven't opened up, gives them the opportunity of watching but at the same time you are pulling away viewers that would go to the cinema and that you know that doesn't make the movie sell very well because i don't think nobody expected this corona shit so i don't i don't think they um they really planned maybe for her to get her royalties with disney plus it's sort of you know box office release so maybe it's something but, but, but still, you know. You know why she's suing them? It's because her salary for that movie hinges on how well the movie does in terms of its box office performance. And it can only make a box office through a cinematic release, not on streaming. That's why she's suing them. She said that them releasing it on streaming the same day as it came out in cinemas, like, really hurt, like how much money she was going to earn from the film. You think that's fair? I, I, th- I think that's fair. 
that's like um oh god <laughs> what analogy do i pull here it's like um, says you're releasing your book friday yeah a certain store and you only get paid you only get like royalties or whatever we get sold at a certain store but then he's up the road pushing your book over there and it's like at half price mm. people are gonna go get the book you know what I mean so I think it's understandable that she's suing them yeah. the movie wasn't okay it wasn't gonna make endgame money um no one expected it to but yeah Yeah, it's it's a decent movie. If I'm being honest, though, I feel like Black Widow was more of a phase two movie. It should have been a phase two movie. You agree? Oh, yeah, it definitely should. Yeah, it it feels very phase two. Yeah. Because with phase three is when Marvel really leaned into the more extraordinary aspects of like their characters and shit it's when we started getting dr strange and black panther and vibranium and when the infinity war came in it was in phase three so but with phase two it were more ground weirdly enough yes the spectacle was getting bigger and better but they were still grounded yeah it was very much a grounded story i don't know how grounded you would call iron man Hmm. But like, yeah, it's it's yeah. a grounded story. Yeah. And, uh, it it the, yeah, you're right. It does feel very phase too. But with the um, man, I I I'm okay with this movie, but I kind of hate this movie. But like, it's not the movie. It, it's kind of the movie's fault. But like, I told you the story I'm working on based on a dream. I had to change yeah. so much of that. Of my story's third act, because after seeing Black Widow, because the thing with the, the pheromones and you can't like hurt him because of it, I'm like fuck, I gotta get rid of that. And the mist that they <laughs> use to like snap people out of it, I'm like fuck, I had that in there too. Now I gotta change that. Like just you don't necessarily have to change it. You uh, just have to adapt it in a unique way. Yeah. I mean, nobody's gonna call you call you out for like. Having a cool idea, yeah. even though it has been used, but if you find a unique way to use it, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, go for it. it. It's come along surprisingly well. I'm having an easier time yeah. writing this story than I am writing the stories I was originally working on before that, because it's just one story, not a whole, like, four stories spread out across like a series or anything. <laughs> Yeah, I notice if you con- condense, like, I-, I-, I don't know if this makes sense, right? You right. have metaphoric speak, a certain amount of creative juice, right? It's like in a jug. Yeah. So your cup is, let's say, a book. If you have one cup, if you're very full, it might overflow. It might mess the whole heap up. Who knows? Your mom might shout at you. Better get that cloth. But if you have four cups, first cup is going to be very full. Second cup is going to be less. 
less, less, and what is even halfway for? Because you've spent all the juice that's within your jug, your creative outlet. So maybe that's why you're finding it easier to write just one story instead of you know writing four. Because four, you have to think about if I include an event in one, how is it going to affect two, and then the effects of it. But if you have one, it's just one cup. Yeah. Yeah, it's just this is story is getting weird, man. Like, I just I want your this is this is gonna sound odd, but I kind of want your input on it, though. I mean, one like one day, like when we can, we can just sit down. Like lay out all the plot points, and we can like, cause I remember this dude telling me like how to a, how to a script for like a film script is written. He says you write a basic outline of what you want to happen in the story. You put in everything you definitely want to happen in the story, and then you hand the story to someone else, and they fill in all the commas and shit, and you know correct spelling where they needs to be, if you're not too sure of it yourself. And he says although. That's not that big of a deal because I've seen scripts where I know words won't spell right and they got made anyway. But so I'm not too worried about that. And at the end, you just write the end. And that's the end of it. He made it sound so easy, but that's a film <laughs> script. This is like a full-on story. I mean, I, don't know. I, I guess. I guess both have their similarities but i do understand what you're saying you have to in order for like a story well how i feel about it is that if you write a story for yourself and then give it to someone else you truly write it for yourself you give it for the other person give it to the other person either two things are going to happen you get nasty feedback like the person is very opposed to like X, Y, and Z. Yeah. B, you're going to get very supportive input and, you know, maybe suggestion and ideas that can, if you hit on a plot point and let's say it was getting quite interesting, but you wanted to shift somewhere else, you could be like, no, 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 why don't you go to that other point and squeeze it in here so that, you know, it has like a better flow. Right. But as long as it's truly coming from you, then you truly made it for yourself. It's an honest piece of work. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd sit down. I'd sit down. We, we go over it. I'd done all the plot points, read your timeline even. Yeah, definitely want to. Hey, does that mean I'm going to have to like, what? what's that thing? Is it possible for one book to have two people like working on it? Like, well, like a co-writer or some shit? I think, okay, I've been an editor on a comic book before. Um, I think, I think the term would be editor because you came up with the idea, yeah. you presented it, right? And then I sort of like, you know, like right. from a se- from my second person point of view, but okay, this works, this works, right. this works. And then you could explain, oh, this is why it's happening. And then you it creates dialogue, and then you know, yeah, definitely look that's for- look forward to that editing, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's just like the one thing I hope does not happen is like we. Ha- I don't. The thing that happens to a lot of film directors, because like this isn't a film, but I hope like this doesn't happen. Like 
we hand in the finished product and then the publisher or whatever changes a whole bunch of shit and puts that out instead with like our names on it. Like, oh no. Oh no. Oh no. You know what? I think if we have ever go to a publisher with this, before it hits shelves, before it hits, you know, we you should read it first. Copy. Yeah. Uh, a test copy. So, you know, we can read it, see what they changed, and be like, whoa, 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 where the hell did this come from? What is this shit? Explain yourself. Yeah. Because I. I do think it's very unfair that somebody could write a good piece of work and then you give it to somebody who their intention is just to publish it and maybe like collect sparing errors and that kind of thing. And then they completely edit your work and it's bad. But your name is on it. They're sitting in the corner of Penguin Publishing, whatever the hell they're called. But your name is on it in bold writing. Yeah. That's the part that trips me up. Yeah, man. It happened to this guy. Um, this guy's name was Alexander Payne. And he, he wrote, like, these Oscar-nominated movies. Like, this one George Clooney film and this other film. Like, both got nominated for Oscars. But before that, he wrote, like, a script for this film. Like, he, he sold it to a studio. And the studio that... He, no, he didn't really sell it to a studio. He just, like, let it be known, like, hey, I have a script. If you want it, come get it. And it was, like, bought up by Happy Madison Productions. Eh, Happy Madison Productions is an Adam Sandler company. So, yeah, he said, like, he handed in a script, and they Sandlerized it. So, so when he saw the film... In public, he actually called up Happy Madison and asked that for all future releases, his name be taken off. So just imagine that. How bad must they fuck up to the point that you have to be like, take my name out of the credits. I didn't like this. I don't... I've never seen an Adam Sandler movie where I've been like, yeah, I actually like this. Never happened. Ever. Even that weird video game movie, I was just like, this is so mid. This is so mid. There was that one where he was like a jewelry store guy, and that's actually pretty good. It's not a comedy, it's a fucking drama. It's like, it shows, like, okay, Adam Sandler, let's be real, dude, he's, he's a comedian. He's a comedian, he makes, but he, he makes a shit ton of money making these, like, movies with jokes that are played for the cheap seats you know like just those people way in the back still laughing at gay humor and you know like nut shots and shit like that those are the kind of movies he makes on the regular he makes a lot of money doing that but every now and then he'll make a movie that reminds people that oh yeah he's not just a comedian he can act like uncut gems yeah that's what the movie was that movie it was so good. Everyone was like, Adam Sandler needs to win an Oscar for this. Like, oh, dude. No, no, don't push it. I mean, it's, it's a good movie, but hey, hey, whoa, whoa. Now we're reaching for now, shit. Now, now you're reaching. Oh, Leonardo shit. DiCaprio needed to win an Oscar for Great Gatsby. Oh, shit, man. Like, 
Man, what was with that story that schools all over the world are like, we need to teach this in schools? I don't get that. I mean, we didn't read it. Thank goodness. But like, seriously, I saw the movie oh, and I'm no, like, no. what gives? Now we read Life of Pi, dude. Yes. We read Life of Pi. Good <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, starring the late, great Irfan Khan. He just, oh, yeah, man. What a legend. Yeah. But damn, dude, like, that movie, everyone came out of it that movie divided our classrooms. Just, it was, you remember because the end was like, a hey, believe what you want to believe. Like, which story you want to believe. That's, you know, that one. It divided, like, my English class. Like, the dudes in my row were like, nah, he ate people. He just straight up ate people. There was no tiger, nothing. There was a bunch of people on the boat, and he ate them. He's, he went cannibal on these people. That's what really happened. Other half was like, nah, there was a zebra, there was a tiger, and shit, like, just, uh, what did you think happened? Or does it even okay, matter? Okay. Okay. I need to explain my predicament. Because I had an English, I went for English tutoring in my trip. Right. And the lady that did the tutoring, she worked at, she taught in one of these schools that they got in like, they, they matric pass rate was like 99 point something and her class for the past like something years had only 80% averages. So she, she, she was like a good teacher. And she came up with this angle where he was the only person on the boat from the beginning. Damn. Yeah. That huge like timeline board and shit, like that Charlie Day yeah. gave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like that. And it was insane, and I wrote about it, and I didn't get the highest marking, but you know what? You, I'll take that doubt. Yeah. But still, yo, I'm like, lady, I don't even understand the first two theories properly in its entirety, and then you, you like, psych, there's a. Oh, shit. That's My class used to discuss about it. And then I'm just sitting there in the corner. Guys, what happened? If nobody but him was on the boat, and they were like, Harris, blasphemy. about um what were your thoughts on the mcdonald's mcdulcense controller for the PS5? wait the ps5 no. thoughts on the mcdulcense no. man no. <laughs> no 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 listen, listen <laughs> no. we don't need this 
We don't we don't want this. We don't need this. It's just a skin. It's still a dual sense controller. Just <laughs> That's not the point. If you rocks up with one of those to your place, be like, alright guys, we're gonna play some games, bring your control. They rock up with that, they are no longer your friends. I I I don't care. I don't care. Been friends for 30 years, I don't care, whatever it is. Uh-uh. Ish. Betray the brotherhood like that. Think about just think about how absurd that is, right? Uh, there's some guy at Sony and there's the other guy in McDonald's like, what should we collaborate on? I don't know, man. Let's make let me ask you this. Would you prefer... <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Would you prefer a, they collabed on a controller or if they just came together and decided, let's make a McDonald's video game? <laughs> With, like, the fucking hamburglar is the bad guy. Ronald McDonald's saving the day and shit. Like, just... Would you prefer that, man? Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh. They'll make it into like a imagine a God of War Ah uh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> You're gonna ruin people's childhoods, man. Like with they make they, they they make a DLC for God of War. <laughs> a full clown costume. And Even like the fish class costume from Chains of Olympus? Ah oh, man, that, no. That was silly as fuck, man. Dude, that was better than the spot of war. His <laughs> blades were kicking <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what, what's that guy holding up the earth? Atlas getting taken down by a giant potato is like fucking funny, man. It's just... <laughs> I can just imagine this very angry Greek man like, you think this is a spot? This is a spot? And he throws his potato on the floor. The potato pulls out a bag. It's, it starts uh, shanking. Uh, but it's dude. This, no. This is nah, man. Shanking out. Damn. <laughs> Okay. We have that gone on. Silly. That got silly. Yeah, we need to get that back on the topic. The green guy. That's why we're here. <clears throat> uh, the the you remember the the first Hulk movie we, like we saw with back in um the early two thousands. It had Eric Banner in it. What um that movie doesn't have a lot of Hulk action in it. I mean, there's a lot of introspective moments. I feel like. The director, Ang Lee, didn't want to make a huge Hollywood blockbuster full of explosions and shit. He wanted to focus more on, like, Banner himself. Because it, there's a, that opening, the movie doesn't open on Bruce Banner. It opens on his dad in, like, the 70s, working for the government and, you know, trying to, doing all these experiments and shit. That, and how he infected himself with like this DNA that would later be transferred to Bruce and allow him to become the Hulk. 
So it was, I don't know, it was more of an introspective, it was a different take on the Hulk. But for me, I feel like it came at a time when that wasn't what people wanted to see. Because this is the Hulk's first big screen outing. And we mostly just got like Hulk staring at fungus or like, I don't know, reminiscing. Like, it was, it had its moments. Like Hulk fighting those mutant dogs. But other than that, I mean. Dude, what the hell was I just remember there were mutant Marvel. You were wild back in the day. Holy shit! <laughs> oh shit! Oh, anyway, that, that's my ten cents on it. Like, what do you think, man? To be honest, I, I remember watching the movie. I never paid much attention to it when I did. This was this was a little while ago. Right. And I was supposed to do some research. first weekend that I actually went out because you know corona that's sick, cool kind of thing. yeah so I remember yeah there wasn't really that much hulking out very slow movie compared to the other one where he's on the run yeah um, yeah it's I don't remember much of it but I do remember the follow up with Abomination yeah you know, that movie quite well The, do you think we could even even you think if it came out now, like a more introspective take on Bruce Banner, and who he was before he became the Hulk, what it means for him being the Hulk, if it focused more on Banner in today's age, like if they made a more introspective Hulk movie now, would it work? I think it would. Hmm. It would. It would work. How so? The only kind, because a Hulk, uh, Hulk, as played by Mark Ruffalo, screen time to truly explore his character. It was always shared with, with other characters in screen time. Like, you know, the first Avengers, you know, it's him hiding in India and then they find him and, you know, he comes but then eventually has to Hulk out and then Avengers 2 he's working with Iron Man and the whole team and you know, that shit sort of happens and he gets whammy by Scarlet Witch and then he goes to like, Thor Ragnarok just in the Hulk form so any time that we've seen the Hulk he's always been sharing significant screen time but if you've got like a Hulk origin story now starred by Ruffalo if they had to sort of take original film and maybe he redo it and rework it without CGI maybe giving it that more polish um yeah I, I wouldn't mind it at all alright and moving on this is my take yeah it could very much work in this thing I mean I was thinking more on lines like a like an old man Logan style introspection on the character but you know we could we could definitely that could definitely work Moving on to Ed Norton's The Incredible Hulk, the second official movie of the MCU. 
Uh, directed by Louis Leterrier, known for directing movies like The Transporter and this one Jet Li movie called Danny the Dog, but called Unleashed everywhere. In the UK, it's called Danny the Dog, but everywhere else, it's called Unleashed. So, flustered, when you see that, the cover, it's like, you know the cover has like the star's name at the top and then the title underneath. If you looked at it as is, it just, it would read Jet Li Unleashed. So it sounds... Like, just, it sounds cool as fuck, just by association of the title and everything. And the picture is of Jet Li, like, this crazy as fuck look in his eye. Like, he looks like a killer. But, like, just, he directed that. And I'm thinking, damn. See, when, when I first heard, like, okay, Louis Leterrier is directing that movie, I'm like, okay, this is going to be crazy. Because he's directed crazy films in the past. He also directed Clash of the Titans, so... So it's like, mm, all right, all right, let, let me check this out. And ee, when you hear about what happens behind the scenes, like Ed Norton not really feeling satisfied with the script, so he rewrote chunks of it, asked for scenes to be reshot, and oh, but Marvel like got back at him because the thing is he rewrote enough of the script that they had to give credit, but rather than give credit to Ed Norton, they gave credit to Ed Harrison. They just made up a name and said, they're like, all right, you can rewrite the script, but you ain't getting credit, man. Like, just, oh, shit. But, yeah, with um, The Incredible Hulk, I I really like that movie. It's the best Hulk movie. I know we've only had two Hulk movies, but it's the best one. I enjoy it more. It's the best one compared to the other one. The other one, yeah. Yes. Hulk staring at fungus, fighting mutant dogs. And in the end, fighting the fucking, his dad who can now absorb rocks and like, see, because, okay, back to that movie, there's a scene where he bites into this electrical cable and he absorbs all the energy and he becomes this like giant, like electrical man. It's, it looks fucking cool. I would love to see the Hulk fight that guy. But then they take off. And you see them in the clouds, like these stilled images of them brawling through the clouds. And it's like, but then they crash down. I mean, wait a minute. That's it? That's all we get of Lightning Guy? Now he's this rock creature. Like, like he, he basically had the powers of Kevin Loving. That's it. That's That was his shtick. He basically absorbed whatever he touched. And that could be good. That can work. That can definitely work. I mean, Hulk versus a guy who, who, like, drains energy from whatever he touches. It could definitely work. And, you know, it. my problem with that fight was that it was too short. Like, he was the lightning guy for a few seconds. Then became the rock guy. Then the Hulk threw him into the lake. Then he became, like, this giant water being. Then the lake froze. The government threw him, like, blew up the lake with... No, wait, then he absorbed the Hulk, but it was too much. I read this video that really delved into that scene. It said that the, movie, the Ang Lee's Hulk movie isn't just a movie about the Hulk, it's a movie about trauma. And, like, how ch childhood trauma can have serious effects on you throughout your life and, and really affect you during adulthood. You can, once I read that, it, it kind of made me watch the movie differently. Because, like, him 
that scene at the end where the Hulk, where he tries to take the Hulk's power, and he's like, "Take it all!" and it he forms this huge like mushroom cloud of memories and all the repressed anger and emotion, and he's like, "It's not stopping." It says like that mushroom cloud represents all the anger that Bruce had built up since childhood, all the feelings and stuff, and. He, the fact that he's like, it's not stopping shows like victimizers never really know how much damage they've done until like, you know, you get what I'm saying? I do. Yeah, it just, uh, does it paint the movie in a new light for you? I mean, from that perspective. It, it does. It, it, it definitely does. I might actually give it a watch. Um, before that, I have to watch The Flash because... Stockholm syndrome. Anyways, uh, yeah, it, it does. It does paint. Does paint a new light on the movie for me. You know, although I don't remember it much, I think, I think it's it's warranting a revisit now. Yeah, but like you didn't really get all that because with the Ed Norton one, the Incredible Hulk was it wasn't an origin per se. It was wait, hang on. I'm getting a phone call. I'm gonna have to pause this for now. You cool with that? All right. What, what was it saying? Oh, with the, the Ed Norton one, it kind of didn't need an origin story because that movie already. Ex- I love that they just gave a quick recap at the beginning. They just have like that oh, short yeah. sequence of like shows him in the machine. They they don't show the origin. It just shows like. Like, Ross, as he's narrating, he's like, Banner was so sure of what he had, he tested it on himself, and the results was, like, the Hulk. Like, because at that point, we need another Hulk origin story, because we've already had that movie. So, I mean, what would you, what would you yeah. have been doing if we just, yeah, we'd just be repeating what we've already done? You know, it's like, you know, it's like, it's almost like we got a Spider-Man origin story twice. Now flip it. We don't need another one. <laughs> straight into it. Yes. Yes. Just straight up homecoming. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. And we don't need to see Uncle Benton die again. Again. Just. Oh, man. We've only seen it twice, but twice is more than enough. Like, just please. That's, no. that's too much. That's too much. Yeah. No. Yeah, dude. Just, uh, with, um. Yeah. The Incredible Hulk, it's just, it's different. It's more of an action movie. But, like, when oh, yeah, when, when they asked him about it, he's, like, Louis Leterrier said, the first part of the movie where he's, like, running from the military, he's, like, in Brazil, and there's all this stuff. He's, like, that's all me. That's all the stuff that I pitched in. The part where they get to New York, and there's these two big monsters fighting each other, that's what Marvel wanted. And... It's not like they didn't take the movie from him. It's like there was an understanding of, okay, like you said, like they wanted him to put this, 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 and this in the movie. And he understood that. He agreed so long as he was able to do his own thing for the first half. And that I can definitely get on board with because Marvel and the director are working with each other, not against each other. They're not changing the movie after it's done. They're not demanding changes while it's being made. They came to an agreement and it worked. 
Yeah, I can respect that. I can respect that. I think, I think maybe Marvel has a similar agreement um, from that movie onwards because you noticed like the movies got more and more consistent. Yeah. With Marvel after that point, so I think they realize you know if you can come to an understanding with your director, play on their strengths, but also say we expect certain things to be in the movie, then I think it's okay. Yeah. I think you come to an understanding with your director and that's like, that's like the best. But I think like ideally in the perfect world, a director, if he's, you know, of a certain caliber, like a Taika Waititi, they just run with it. Yeah. Like, like I'm pretty sure they told Taika, Taika, like just, just do whatever you got to do. Just do it. Source, source material. Just do your thing. Because like Ragnarok in the comics is a very serious, like, you know, yeah. event, but, <laughs> we me on it all of the fucking time with that's like oh you can't defeat me I know but he can and it's such a just yo yeah oh shit <laughs> man the oh, that movie but just with um oh yeah when it came to the General Ross in that movie I say this then I say it now the General Ross in the first Hulk movie they nailed that character, man. He was spot on. Like, the character from the comics compared to Sam Elliott as General Ross, he, he's fucking... He nailed his character, man. I, <laughs> Not much to nail, to be honest. Angry white guy with mustache. Got it. <laughs> Angry white guy with mustache. Oh, no. He likes my daughter. Yeah, Shit. <laughs> but, like, I mean, William Hurt does a good job. I mean... He does what he needs to in the Incredible Hulk, but I don't know, man. Like Sam Elliott, he just like he has that rage, you know. Like I could see this man being Red Hulk someday. Oh yeah. Yes, you know, but just oh man. But William Hurt looks so old. It's just he looks so old in Black Widow. What happened? Jesus Christ! Like what the. Sam Elliott is older than him, but he looks younger than him. Like this, dude. I have I have something like that in my friend my friend group. There's like like the youngest person in my friend group looks like the oldest. And we just meme on him the entire time. Yeah. I'm not gonna say who it is because I don't want to get doxxed. Yeah. But okay. We won't press but, that issue yeah. further. But, like, um, what were your thoughts on the designs of the Hulk from the Angley version to the Incredible Hulk version? Would you say it improved? I'd say definitely improved. But I think you get you start getting notice, noticeable changes deeper into the MCU in the Ruffalo version. Right. Because that's, like... That's like the most recent and the one I have like most experience with. I think for most people, when when they think about the Hulk, they don't really f- the two film. One second. I think most most people, right? Once the my most clear memories of the Hulk were Avengers moving forward, but after but the Ed Norton version of the Hulk compared to the first version from what I there was quite significant improvements to it to the CGI right yeah right 
Yeah, but I'd say like the biggest gems were like when you get into the MCU when you see its progression. Um, although you know, it's not as dramatic till you get to you know, you know Professor Hulk. Um, but yeah, there's definitely changes in between. Yeah. <clears throat> With um, oh yeah. Speaking of like the change and shit, what did you think about? the abomination when he first showed up because okay let me so see when he like goes okay before we get to that what are your thoughts on blonsky man like as a as a villain in the incredible hulk movie what did you think about like the blonsky character like before he got juiced up I didn't find him particularly interesting. I just, it's like, um, he, when he, when he first faced off against the Hulk, right, he, he got smacked around. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was like, he was overwhelmed. Like, you know, I trained as a soldier for so many years and whatever and whatever, but I could never like become that powerful and both like that level of resentment and that level of anger and I think Ross used that and then eventually um, who was the other scientist I remember there was this other scientist that I was talking to there was another scientist the one that gave abomination Sir. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 he becomes the leader in the comics. I remember. I don't know his name. He, but I know he gets like the big head. And he gets, that went nowhere. You remember that scene where he's like on the floor and the Hulk blood is dripping into his head and his head starts to change. That went nowhere. Yeah, that went absolutely. Why am I? It was such a forgettable scene. I forgot it happened. Yeah. Just. Yeah, but I think it, that mostly has to do with the fact that they never made another Hulk movie. I think he was going to be the villain of that movie. But the fact that that movie never got made, it was like, oh, well, we can't really fit him anywhere else. So where yeah. do we stick this character into the void? Yeah. Never to be touched again. Abomination yeah. for a while until he was oh. in Shang-Chi. Like, yeah. Okay, okay. I need, I need details here. There's this scene. Because I didn't see him. In the trailer. Um, like, towards the end, they were in this, like, place, and he's and Aquafina is trying to talk up Shang-Chi, and she's like, no, you've got this. Don't worry. You've got this. But in this cage is Abomination, and he's fighting one of the, you know, the Doctor Strange wizards with, like, the ring, like, the orange glowing ring and shit? Wait, that's abomination. Yes. Holy <laughs> shit! How did I not know? You didn't notice that? No, I just thought it was a big dumb creature. Abomination, <laughs> dude. No, I just looked at it. And I was like, ah, oh, that's interesting. That dude is getting dumb. <laughs> just a big CGI monster for him to fight. You know, just. 
show how powerful he is. Like that's the thought process going in, huh? Yeah, yeah, that was my thought. Process. Like, oh, okay, that's cool. Aquafina's like, you got this. Kick his ass. Oh, no. uh, I remember this joke. Um, this joke they once made, like about the Incredible Hulk. Like, like the Hulk faces off against an enemy, an enemy that was so bad he got his ass kicked so hard that it knocked him right into Batman v Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Put the two pictures side by side and tell me they're not basically just the same thing. I think I called him at one point. Oh, shit. Duh. Yeah, like I was sitting in cinema and like my friends next to me. And I was like, it's not abomination. <laughs> the dude just starts, <laughs> he starts tearing up. Oh, damn. Oh, it's like, weird that Abomination is here. Like, just... What's going on, man? Like, just, Oh, damn. Yeah, he, he was the actual first crossover. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, how incre- the Incredible Hulk is like the first MCU movie. He that we see Iron Man movie. It's kind of like that. When they have pro- crossovers between Marvel and DC, yeah. they're going to say the same thing. Yes, Abomination was actually General Zod. There was this one scene, right, where he took a part of a serum, right? right, abomination, like the pre-transformation, and he was fighting the Hulk, and like, Bruce was about to fight. He was standing on him, and he, he bounces off this like anchor or whatever it is and he does like these cool flips and these moves and I'm like he's just he's the Hulk you can do all this cool shit it's like um, have you ever seen those scenes where it's like this guy is playing with nunchucks and he's doing all these weird fences and the opponent just like slaps him across the face and is out <laughs> it, it, it was very much like that yeah. uh, but that um the Hulk's transformations in The Incredible Hulk, you notice we didn't actually see him transform until towards the end when he's trying to cure himself. That was the first like scene in the movie where we actually saw him transform because when he first transformed, he was completely shrouded in shadow and all we saw was like his eyes turned green and it was oh, it, yeah. it was almost like a horror movie. Like... He's completely obscured. You can't see him at all, but you just see all the carnage. He's, you see souls just flying and shit's blowing up everywhere. And the second time we saw the Hulk's form in broad daylight, which actually looked pretty good. Normally when CGI is put in broad daylight, it looks bad because they have to, like, okay, when the light shines on something, we have to animate, like, where it would go and... When he moves, the light has to move with him and, you know, stuff like that. But it looked great. The third time around was in that scene where he transforms. And we saw, like, like fingers extending and, like, veins popping up. And See, normally you'd think, 
a whole transformation would just be like and he's he's cool but like this is this is gruesome this shit looks painful god damn i can imagine it being painful dude like imagine right your body mass just like i think how heavy would the hulk he, the hulk would be around a ton right yeah. i'm guessing yeah. how heavy do you think the hulk would be like around a ton there's probably some some book out there some uh, some annual the hulk annual 2012 that had all the hulk bios and data in it but we don't have that right now so i'm just guessing it's like probably maybe even like about 750 kgs you know? Let's just say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it seems like a decent amount. Your, your Bruce Banner was like sitting at maybe seventy kgs at best, right? And you're That's like on a, on a healthy six thousand kgs over the course of a few seconds. That's. That's that, a lot. Imagine what that does to your skeleton and what it does to like everything else. Holy shit, dude! That 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 has to be scary. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, it's just like I don't think. Yeah, the it's like we never really think about things like that until we see it happen. Like we don't imagine like a transformation would be anything but like quick and easy. Because it's always made to look quick and easy in, like, a comic or a cartoon or whatnot. But, look, once we see, like, the bones extending and, you know, the skin changing color and everything, it's like, wow, that would suck. If you had to transform as a Hulk, that would be the most painful thing, like, ever. Shit. Yeah. But I... It's a good thing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the Hulk has, like, an incredible playing threshold. Because, shit. If he didn't, God, that would hurt. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that transformation was, yeah, that was, that was one of my favorite. We'll, get, I'll get to the favorite. You, you know which one I'm talking. Yeah, I, I yeah, I know, I know, idea. I know. But yeah, I have a pretty... What did you think on the abomination? Because we've covered Blonsky. Because abomination, I loved. When he came on screen, it was thing is this movie. There's two scenes in there where I'm like, this is like something out of a horror movie. Because when he transformed, we didn't see him. We just saw the spikes coming out of his back. Yes, like yes, his leg busting out of his shoe, and it wasn't. And then it like cuts to these soldiers outside, and they're just following this path of destruction. And it isn't until one of them fires a missile, and he catches it crushes it over his head like a beer can that we see him in all his glory it's like fuck holy shit they oh man I mean it's not like we can compare it to anything but still that's one way to make an entrance do you know what it gives it that it's almost okay this is a weird analogy but do you remember when you got the first what was it uh, giraffe trailer I'm the first one. Um, Jurassic World. Was it Jurassic? Yeah, when they're on the island, uh, the, they come back to the island, and it's like it's a whole new theme park, and yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah Chris Pratt's there. Do you remember the first few trailers? They never showed that dinosaur that 
they created. Yeah. They only showed like the destruction it laid. Oh, it's got this much, this much, this much. It, it, it plays on the imagination. Yeah. And then when you finally see the review, you're like, holy shit. But obviously for that movie, it, was, it wasn't like that because they just flipped and showed us. Way too we soon. Like, yeah, way too soon. And the design wasn't that scary when you, because like when you see glimpses of it, in like bushes and shit, your imagination runs wild. You're right. You just yeah, you're like, all the... you're like, what is this thing? Yeah, but then when you see it all, and it's this gray snub-nosed T-Rex, you're like, this is it. That's um, it. That's all. Yeah. You know what had more impact? And I think this this comes down to cinematography is the scene from the first Jurassic Park with the T-Rex. Yes. We that was more t- With the leg. We didn't see, we didn't see shit until the leg came down. It's like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> You're um, like, oh, it's not here, it's not here. And then everything shuts down. Yeah. Electrical wires go off. Because before that, goat leg comes yeah. Before that, every see every paddock they came across was empty. Like there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing, and then they stop right at the outside the T Rex cage, and they're like, "Where's the goat?" Like the bloody leg lands on the ceiling. It's like, holy fuck! Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Oh dude. Oh, and when it finally got like shown, it was like, oh damn, oh damn, run, run, run. Mm-hmm. Or if you're, you know, the lawyer guy, you just go sit in the toilet. But you know, if you gotta go, you gotta go. Yeah. When you, when it, when you gotta go, you gotta go. That's a double entendre when you think about it. Like, just because it was his time to go and he went. And, you know, just. <laughs> Go. Oh shit! But dude, man, you're right. Like them hype an abomination like that, like leading to that full reveal, it did wonders for him because it immediately established him as a threat. Because prior to this, literally, like Hulk kicked this dude's ass prior to this. Yeah. And now that he's fully transformed, yeah. So the fight in Harlem comes down. Oh, before that, I want to talk to you about that scene where Bruce wipes out of the chopper, tries to transform, and he goes, oh, shit. And he falls down. <laughs> the covenant Ragnarok. I remember that shit. But, like, when I saw that, I was like, the fuck? Did he just die? Oh, oh, so the end. Roll credits. Roll credits. <laughs> That's that, I guess. I mean, fuck. Oh, it's like that, wait, you remember that scene in Avatar where they're like watching the the play of their lives and shit like that? And they get to the scene yeah. where like Jet like is like under the thing from Buzzing Say and then Zuko leans over and he's like, did Jet just die? It, and Sokka's like, it was very unclear. Like, just <laughs> That's literally what I'm thinking. Good. Like, Did Bruce just die? <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, shit. 
for this. I don't know. I don't know why I have to I'm like replaying that scene in my head. <laughs> it's still, it's still so <laughs> oh man! Moving on, the fight man. in Harlem. The the Marvel requested two big guys beating the shit out of each other. Scene. I mean, Marvel knows what they want, and it works. So, I'm glad this happened because we never really, up until now, we've never seen the Hulk go up against a guy who can match him. Do you feel like Abomination matched him in this fight? I mean, he lost anyway, but like during the fight, would you say like Abomination and the Hulk were even? Um, Okay. I remember everything about this movie. The one fucking thing that I don't remember is bloody fight. What? I've been trying. For the past 10 minutes. I don't know why. I've been trying for the past 10 minutes to remember this damn fight. You remember everything about the movie, but you don't remember the fights? You don't remember the third act? Big head. I remember the big head scientist. Okay? I remember that. I remember that he was obsessed with the, with the, with the gamma rays. Shit. But I can't fucking remember the final fight. Why can't I do that? Seriously. I remember the... I remember the, the, the Stanley cameo was him drinking that flippin' gamma poison stuff and then going to the bathroom. That was like a weird cut to have. But then I don't remember the final fight. I don't know why. Man. It makes no sense. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. I'll just give a brief run through. The uh, Hulk shows up, and then, which is weird because. Uh, there's a scene in this movie where Abomination sees the Hulk and he actually says Hulk and he runs at him but like no one in this film actually called Hulk the Hulk no one in any of the fucking movies called Hulk the Hulk until fucking Mark Ruffalo shows up they did Abomination's just standing there going Hulk and they they, they run it's that scene where they ran at each other it kind of reminded me of Matrix Revolutions, like at the end with Agent Smith and Neo. And this fight ain't that kind of epic, but, you know, it, it tries to be. You know, it's just, it's it's epic enough for a Hulk movie. But yeah, so they, they fight and the Hulk breaks this car in half and uses the two pieces as boxing gloves. And I fucking love that shit because it showed he was smart. He's been Hulk for a while now. Like, just... Plus, like, Blue Terry showed, like... He said, like, when they were animating the Abomination, they wanted his run to be different from the Hulk. They wanted him to be, like, have more of a lumbering run to him because he just transformed. He's not fully used to his abilities, but then it cuts to a shot of the Hulk, and he has, like, a stride to him because he's been Hulk for years. He's well aware of his strengths and how to, like, handle his height and all that crap. Also, there was this funny, um, this fact, like, they asked him, why does an abomination have ears? And he said, the reason abomination doesn't have ears because during the fight, like, we realized Hulk is kind of savage when he brawls, when he gets up close and personal. And if abomination had ears, the Hulk would probably bite them off. 
So rather than animate that, we just decided let's have the character without ears. I think something worse could happen to that. <laughs> if he had ears. Is, you know when the Hulk does the clap? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. You know what that would do to abominations? Dude. Oh, oh my God. It'd be oh. complete. It, it, the fight would last like two minutes at most. Yeah. <laughs> that clap would just like, he's out. He's out. Yeah. Because you're dealing with somebody, although they have military training, they're not used to their form, their size, their speed, their strength. Any of those factors, those are all new. Only you built for combat and adaptability. Yeah. You trained as a soldier, as a human being for years. You are not used to be a fucking hulking man. They can literally jump from continent to continent. You're not used to that compared to a guy, although he may not have said combat skills. He's coming. Yeah. Mm. So all it would take is in the fight. Yeah, and in um, and I do. I remember, like, there was there's the scene at the first time him and Blonsky fought. Before that, they used the sound cannons on him, on the Hulk. And that was a smart way to take him down, because th- those stark sound cannons, because it shows, like, hey, we're aware that bullets don't work. So we need to find some other way to neutralize him. And they used those, those sound cannons. That was smart. I just, I keep bringing this up, because I remember... Like, Six asked me, like, <clears throat> he asked me, like, who do you think is the smartest Hulk? Not smartest Banner, the smartest Hulk. I say it's the Incredible Hulk because of these two scenes. The scene with the car boxing gloves and the scene with the sound cannons. Because he picks up these two, like, pieces of metal he's ripped out. And he throws them, like, cap shield at the sound cannons that have him pinned down. And he realizes he's not going to walk through this shit. So he jumps over the cannon and like elbow drops this thing. And that shows that even in that moment, he could think. And he's like, okay, I'm just going to chuck this fucking thing and jump over this beam. But like, yeah, he was the smartest Hulk. Because, like, in my opinion. But like, that, that's neither here nor there. Well, back to the fight. Uh, yeah, the, you're right with the clap and everything. And he does do the clap. He doesn't do it at Abomination, but he does it to, like, put out the flames in this... This is this scene where a helicopter's on fire, right? Like, flames are going to reach the chopper that Betty and General Ross are in, and he does the clap. It creates this wind that just blows out all the flames. I'm sitting there, I'm just thinking, they're probably deaf in that chopper, man. Like, just... We can't hear shit right now, but okay. <laughs> Think and about it, because you're right. It would fuck up you. your ears. And he's like, yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. But it, yeah, with regards to the fight, it was pretty good. They fought on the streets. They fought building the buildings. And it showed, like, I think there's a scene where, like, the Hulk actually, like, does a little parkour. Like, as he's running on the rooftops, he, like, vaults over this one, like, thing. And it's like, wait, did the Hulk just... Did he just 
Okay, move on. Like just popcorn. Popcorn. <laughs> anyway, they they end up brawling in this like space where Abomination has these chains, and he's using them to like whip the Hulk and knock him around until he he like knocks him down. And he sees the chopper that Ross is in, and he's like whirling the chains in the air. He's like, any last words? And right there, the best Hulk scene I've ever seen. The reason I love this movie, like the Hulk sits up and he has a Hulk smash, wrecks the fucking ground and traps Abomination in the crack. The chains come down. He ties them around dude's neck and he starts choking the shit out of this motherfucker. It is just, ah, it has to be seen to be fully enjoyed, man. This has given, this has cured my fight amnesia just a little bit because I do remember that scene. Yeah, I do right. remember that, and I do remember the boxing gloves. But everything else, but the fight is like a hazy mist. I remember those two incidents. Yeah. Quite clearly. Oh, uh, damn. But just uh, that movie, that third act was epic. All right, I'll give it that much, man. Whew. Thoughts, man, on the Incredible Hulk movie overall? You know, Bruce Banner on the run, reigniting with reuniting with Betty Ross, fighting abomination. Bro, what yeah. happened to her? I have no idea. She just disappeared. Everything in this fucking movie just disappeared. Everything just... Uh... I don't know, man. Marvel would kindly like you to forget they this threw, movie they happened. Threw... Yeah. You like kindly like you forget about Abomination. Well, okay, he's I like he's back. Betty Ross and the guy who took the green who sniffed the green serum and grew a big head. That's what they like you to forget. Ah, yes. oh. that'd be a weird <laughs> PSA right there. The guy who sniffed the green serum and do grew a big head, and at the end it's like, don't do drugs, kids. Like just. <laughs> It's probably paid for by the Democratic Party or some shit like that. <laughs> or the FDA. FDA. Uh. <laughs> I felt like Marvel wanted to make a conscious step with this movie. You know, to something consistent and to build out the greater universe. But I didn't feel like they really put their best foot forward. Right. You know what I mean? But I guess I guess they they were still they were still very much they were experimental. Still new to it. Yeah. This was on the second movie, so we can't be too hard on yeah. them. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But like now that they've perfected their formula, I I wouldn't call it perfect, but I, I think they've more or less figured out 
that yeah. for writing these types of movies, you know, single hero focused movies. Um, I mean, I need to go rewatch these Hulk movies. I didn't have time this weekend, but I think that I need to. Um, I need to do my homework on it. Yeah. I've also been trying to get back into reading comics, actual comics. Who does that anymore? People just like bust open a YouTube video and sit there for half an hour. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, what was it? Is it variant or? That just well, if you if you don't have the time or the resources to go out and buy a comic, maybe check out this YouTube channel, Comic Storian. He takes these like single issue paperbacks and he reads them to us. It's like I know it's pretty good. That's how I like know most of my like comic book stuff. Because prior to finding Comic Storian, I didn't know about Crisis on Infinite Earths. I knew jack shit, but then. You know, it really helped me out, you know. Did you know Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has a comic? They crossed over Batman, I think it was last year or the year before. Yeah, yeah, I remember Recent. that one. In the comic book is like set like decades later. Two of the turtles are dead. And it's like, it, dude, it's fucking, it, it's, it's badass. I'll just say that, man. It's badass. They make Mikey a badass. And he's the joke. In the regular series, which is like, oh damn. But anyway, moving on, um, moving onward to what some may view as the best Hulk performance of all time, Mark Ruffalo in the Avengers. Okay, okay, this one we can talk about. This like I'm in familiar territory. Yeah. Yeah. There was um, there's, there's uh, a, a line of dialogue he has in the movie where um. He talks about, like, I didn't see an end, so I put a bullet in my mouth and the other guy spit it out. That was actually a deleted scene from The Incredible Hulk. I think I told you that once. You t- yeah, I told you. It, it's, that's how Ludetere originally wanted to start the movie. With, like, Bruce Banner, like, I can't see an end. I don't want to live like this anymore. He tries to kill himself, and, like, the Hulk spits out the bullet. And, like, goes on a rampage out in the mountain, like, some, like, in Iceland or something. And one of the ice chunks that he dislodges has the frozen body of Captain America in it. That's how the movie was supposed to start. I remember you said, I get, you get why they didn't do that, because it's kind of a depressing way to, like, start a film. Like, how do you, how are you going to start? It's dark. Yeah. It's just, but dude, we would have seen Captain America. <laughs> the fuck? We don't need to see Captain America. Not in that movie. Damn it. Okay. We already got the star crossover. And this is just the second movie. And y'all chill? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, maybe, maybe, right, maybe if he landed in Iceland or no, the Arctic, and then just had like a mini like Hulk up, and he maybe hit I don't know a chunk of ice, and that was it. Not like him putting a bullet in his, you know, trying. Yeah. No, it's suicide. Shit. Yeah. Maybe he just landed there, and then the crack, something cracked, and led to. Yeah. You know. It could have even been during his like journey, you know, because in that movie he travels from like 
South America, like somewhere else. You know, like it could have been. No, it could have been in the flashback sequence, like when he first hulked out. They could have shown him jumping from like, you know, country to country, and like one of the places he lands could have been the Arctic. It could have worked. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, you, they, they you, yeah you're right. It's a pretty dour note way to start a film. Uh, but yeah, um, that, that, that's more akin to like a drama. But you know, obviously, it's not hulking out in a drama. Yeah. But still, I feel like a very macabre drama, drama yeah. would you know, start off with something like that. I wouldn't expect a Hulk film to start off yeah. that, especially if it's like the Incredible Hulk, because. It doesn't lend itself much to that introspectiveness and maybe the, the the slowness that you'd expect from the first movie. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe like at the end of the first movie, something like that. Like he's reached such a low in his life that he constantly attempts to take it. Right. Because he, he's still, you know, all this is so new to him, and you know, with the trauma that he's experienced, right. then you no, know, he's not used to dealing with this level of pressure, and then he tries to take it his own life. But then I feel like in Incredible Hulk, he's he sort of adapted to the situation that he's in, and instead of you know just sitting down crying about it, he does something and you know he moves from place to place and you know he's doing x y and z and he's trying to be progressive and finding a cure yeah you see what i mean yeah he's more of an active protagonist as opposed to like in the first movie like with eric banner's hulk it was like stuff happened to him not necessarily because of him you say that's a fair assessment no Cause, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do see, see that as fair assessment. Mind you, I haven't watched the movie in years, but yeah. I mean, mutant dogs yeah. and all, but like still mutant dogs and all. that's the one thing I remember about the bloody <laughs> movie. Holy shit! Freaking mutant dogs. The, the mutant French poodle. Just what the fuck? I died. I died laughing. Oh, I was shit. done. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, um, moving on to Ruffalo's performance in the first Avengers movie. And I'm going to skip all the, you know, kerfuffle. Because those who know, know. And I'm going to cut straight to my favorite transformation the Hulk's ever had. The scene in New York. The giant space whale is coming. The Avengers are standing around Banner and they're like, it's, now would be a good time to get angry. He, he, and he has this hero, just like, every hero has like that one-liner moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, that cool one-liner that, that you think of, like when you hear it, you know what movie it's from, you know who said it. And yeah. then... Bruce Banner definitely had that one-line moment when he's like, that's my secret, Cap. I'm always angry. As he turns, he transforms, and bam! 
when I saw that in the movie, man. I lost my mind when I saw that. Holy shit. Oh, oh man. Shit, though. Oh, Watch them lose their minds. Like, just... Like, yo! And then you lose your mind with them. Like, yeah! Like, you know it's coming, but you still feel for it, man. Shit. Yeah. Oh, damn. This is that... that, It's not a fair comparison, but this is like George McFly punch... And he, he, he knocks out one of his teeth. And he spits it out. He was like, I'm sorry. smartest hulk because he was more combat combat effective let me say that much but with mark ruffalo's hulk it's essentially savage hulk because which doesn't make sense because he's been the hulk for the longest time but you know still i guess i guess one one way you could see it okay to be fair that fight in South Africa, uh, he wasn't really in his best state of mind. But if we compare every other fight that he's done, it's like, it's not tactical, it's just like brute strength, and that's how he wins. Yeah. Like with the wolf in Ragnarok. Uh, not a lot of tactics oh, yeah, he, that. Did he, did he freaking throw that thing over the waterfall? Yeah, he did. He broke its jaw, and then he, Yeah. You know? 
but and he, he obviously didn't use it for a while and then he he maybe he retained more of that Bruce Banner consciousness that very high IQ that he could think tactically about a situation but the more he used it over time and then you know he was forced to at a certain point maybe that could it became less continued banner. use of yeah became more more and more savage right yeah i can i can see that it's like cuz i mean when you see in ragnarok he's been hope for 2 years like yeah and it plays into that the fact that he had to he could no longer just revert back to banner on his own he had to be like coerced by black widow and that pays off in ragnarok by him being the Hulk for two years, because that when I first saw that, it just raised a ton of questions. How has he been Hulk for two years? What happens when he sleeps? Like, really? Surely, when he goes to bed, he goes back to being Banner. Like, just I mean, he's got to sleep sometime. Shit. Yeah. Even in the cartoon, yeah. they did. The, they showed a scene where like the Hulk got knocked out. And I'm sitting there watching and I'm going, okay, the Hulk just got knocked out. Why isn't he Banner? Why isn't he going back normal? Why is he still... Like, yeah. He reached a point where he's so much stuck. Yeah. But that doesn't make any sense because we've... we've in the, pre, in the, the Avengers 2, when he was like bordering on, on that, he got knocked out and he became Banner. So... Yeah. Maybe it was like a progressive thing. Like he was, you know, the Hulk. We saw, because we only saw him, like the last time was Avengers 2. He was flying away on the plane. Right. Right? Yeah. So he was flying away on the plane. Maybe he did become Banner at one point, but he needed the Hulk to sort of survive there. But then he grew in like an increasing dependency on the Hulk and the Hulk persona took over completely. And then he was like stuck because he, he grew so dependent on it before. The only way he could get out of it was Black Widow. Yeah. So. What did you think about the, um, the, um, the, what's this, the Joss Whedon trying to make a relationship between the Hulk and Black Widow from Iron Man 2? What did you think on that? Do that plotline went nowhere. <laughs> it went like nowhere. Yeah. Like <laughs> that was unnecessary. It was so unnecessary. Just like yeah. You really got rid of Betty Ross that bad, huh? And last time I checked, it was slim to her, so. And then I'll just force this whole Black Widow situation on him. Yeah. And then it didn't even continue. Later films. I feel like she had more of a thing with Cap at one point. Yeah, and Winter Soldier. But, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't fit. I don't think 
Blackwood is off that date about She doesn't seem like she'd be interested in that kind of thing, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the only person she has any kind of like history with is is Clint, and even then, it's more like you know he's my friend, not friend. Yeah. It seems very platonic. Yeah, it is. Uh, although what's weird is that you remember in, in Avengers, she was like, "Oh, this is just like Budapest," and and he was like, "You know, you and I remember Budapest very differently." And then in Endgame, they were like, like Hawkeye was going like, "We're a long way from Budapest, aren't we?" I kept thinking, "Oh, there's a Black Widow movie coming. We're gonna finally see what happened in fucking Budapest." Nope. Oh. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, <clears throat> moving on from Avengers Two, there's not a lot to say about that. But like, moving on from Avengers Two to Thor Ragnarok, the funniest portrayal of the Hulk we've seen yet. Um. Ragnarok in the comics is very different, and you're right. And the Hulk getting launched into space in the comics, in the comics that sets off the the World War Hulk story, because when he lands on Sakaar, because I I don't know, dude. A part of me was like, I kind of want them to do a World War Hulk story, but at the same time, you know they're never going to, because they're never going to. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the Hulk truly got tested. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't Could you see him, Mark Ruffalo's Hulk, as a main villain? That's right. Um, I always felt like true power was being tapped by the heroes around him and their power at the moment. Because if you have somebody like you like Superman. He's so ridiculously OP. They literally have to kill him. And I only for like the last two minutes of fight for it to be OP. Because that's how strong he is as character. Right. So I like the, the Hulk's true strength. Like when he goes to Sakaar and the whole planet Hulk storyline. And then he comes back to Earth. And he just wrecked the shit out of the create an interesting problem to have Hulk as a main villain. You're right, nobody's that strong. But <laughs> you want to find out the original plan for Avengers. <laughs> Originally, back when Ed Norton was still playing the Hulk, they told him that somewhere down the line, because you remember at the end of Incredible Hulk, there's that scene where he's meditating 
and he opens his eyes and they're all green and show like he's yeah. triggering a transformation. That was supposed to lead to an Avengers movie where the Hulk was the main villain and the Avengers had assembled to stop him. And in order to do that, they would recruit the services of the Abomination. So the Abomination was going to be a good guy and he would be the guy that would go toe-to-toe with the Hulk one more time. That was the original plan. Back when they had Norton, you know, signed to the movie. Once he left, it ch- everything changed. You think that movie could have worked? I mean, no, swap no, the no, Chitauri no, no. invasion for an evil Hulk. Would that movie have worked? No, because Abomination still wouldn't be able to match him. I don't think Abomination would be able to match him. Like, even with all the tech, all the power, and... Okay, I don't think... Would Thor be there? Because there's kind As of... part of the Avengers, that. man. That's what I mean. That's That would have been the Avengers instead of, like, what we got. You say it wouldn't work as a film. It, it's, it's kind of like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump, like, whole comic book companies. I'm gonna go to DC with this. I'm gonna go to The Flash. I'm gonna go to Caitlin Was initially supposed to be slated as a villain. He's yeah. a villain in the comics, but he's a hero in the TV show. It feels very awkward when she does become a villain. You know what I mean? Yeah. This character. So I don't imagine yeah. it'll feel. And this is your main primary villain for a movie, being the Hulk. So I don't think it'll feel very natural for him to, you know, reach that point. Maybe if, like, Abomination got to, like, that power level, and they were like, shit, we have to bring the Hulk to stop this guy. Because he's done it before. Maybe the Hulk loses, and maybe the Hulk has to, you know, inject more serum, or something has to happen, and that he needs help from the Avengers, because Abomination has reached that level of threat and got mad with power that could work it feels natural not the Hulk being bad guy that does not feel natural yeah hey but um I mean they kind of <clears throat> you know I'm you're glad they changed the plans the Avengers movie was about the Chikari invasion and not the Avengers uniting to stop the Hulk. Yeah, because, I mean, they have united to stop him before, but but that's something else. And the the morality behind the characters in the comics differs slightly based on story to story. So, yeah. They have teamed up to stop the Hulk before, but completely different circumstances and completely different contexts. But yeah, yeah it, this does not feel natural. Alright. And um, later on, they changed tact, of course, but they still wanted to bring back the Abomination for Avengers 2, because there was a scene where Ultron would recruit someone to help him fight the Avengers. And originally, instead of Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, that somebody was going to be the Abomination. So that was the original plan going in. 
that's what the the Marvel like creative committee drew up because in like phase one, Marvel had a creative committee that came up with like ideas and stuff they want to see in the committee. I mean, in the movies and shit, the creative committee was disbanded after phase two. So you think? Wait, why? What? What do you mean? Wait, okay. Why was it formed? What do you mean? Why was it formed? You have a plan to create an interconnected universe of characters, each variously different from the other. You're gonna need like a committee for that shit. That can't just be one dude. Kevin Feige's great, but he ain't that great. I just thought the man was like a miracle worker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. No, I get. Is there anything that the creative committee. Sorry. Is there anything that they came up with that appeared on screen? What do you mean? That appeared on screen? Marvel's face. Like you said. What? What do you mean? You said you they had an idea for Ultron to recruit Abomination as one yeah. of the villains to fight. Yeah, that was the original Ages. plan for Age of Ultron too. I mean, not I mean Age of Ultron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, that was the original yeah, but plan. That idea, that it's... idea got scrapped. But yeah. is there any idea that the creative committee came? Is there any idea that the creative committee came up with that didn't get scrapped and actually made it to final product? Well, there's loads of them, man. But, well, okay, there are several ideas that got scrapped, but there are several ideas that made it through because initially the ending of Iron Man 2 was supposed to see Tony Stark take on Ivan Vanko, like, without suit. It was just, like, Vanko would have, like, his whips at the ready and he would have Pepper hostage and Tony would, like, step out of his suit to be like, you know take me instead but he outsmarts him and then Rhodey comes in and blows him up with a missile while Tony flies Pepper to safety that was the original ending it was the creative committee's decision to instead give Vanko his own suit and have him fight a bunch of drones it you know that was the committee's thing see like I prefer that instead of a one-on-one showdown between Stark and a suitless Vanko, which shouldn't even be a confrontation, mind you. It became this awesome thing where Rhodey and Tony fought these drones in this park, and it's pretty fucking awesome, if I do say so. But yeah, that's the one thing I know of, before they were disbanded at, like, the beginning of Phase 3. Shit. Although, you know, the... I think, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, you could do a better job than your SSCF email. You can let me know how you feel. He was already Professor Hulk when, you know, when the movie started. So, not a lot to read into that. But I will delve into this. There was a deleted scene uh, where, like, Hulk goes to the way station. It's where the people who, like, do the snap go once they've done the snap like Thanos went there he saw Gamora uh, Tony Stark was supposed to go there and see his, daughter. see his daughter yeah but they cut that out yeah. and Hulk was supposed to go there 
and he'd be there as Banner and he would see the Hulk. I feel that was a missed opportunity because not not the him going to the Wayne He should have gone to the Wayne Station, but he should have seen Betty Ross. That's she's not dead. Exactly, she's not dead. Neither is Tony's daughter, but still, he should have seen Ross. It would have been, you know, it would have okay. fit. Okay, but like, okay, but like he moved on to Black Widow. That didn't go anywhere, so he just you know stayed single. You'd rather he go yeah. to the way station and talk to the Hulk? Essentially have a conversation with yeah. himself? But why? Yeah, finally resolve, finally resolve the issue. They already you did! Know? The fact that he's Professor Hulk means that they did! But... Uh, but... You know... Like, I, I don't feel like the Hulk got the treatment he deserved throughout all the Avengers movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, he deserved more. He deserved better. Right. But it's the Hulk we got. And whether or not we're going to get Joe Fixit or Amadeus Cho. We might. Is another yeah. story. We might. Get, or, oh, but we're going to no, get She Hulk. We are getting. Yeah, 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 we're going to get She Hulk. That's, like, that's a definite. But the other two, like a big screen Hulk. Yeah. A gray skinned, suit wearing Hulk. Just. Nah. Adjustments on that motherfucker, like brings out this forty thousand dollars suit. And say, yo, can you make it like twenty five XL? Okay, I got you. <laughs> oh shit! And he buys more of those suits, dude. Oh. oh man, I I I really like likes Joe Fixit on the like the Hulk animated series, and he even popped up in the one video game. But yeah, I mean, we're probably never gonna see that, unless She-Hulk, yeah. you know, does something. But still, okay, we might see yeah. that in She-Hulk. It could because you can, when you have a character that's not on you know, such a high level, you know, that's more of like a street level hero, you know, like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, yeah, kind of thing. You could Joe Fixit could. Honestly, be a character. Maybe he's not like a massive hooked out version. But maybe he's like an adapted version of him. Well, they could just Uh, bring in a dude, like a regular dude named Joe Fixit, gets blasted with some gamma and becomes the Grey Hulk. It could work. Could work, but if you're going to set a grounded story that doesn't fit very well, no. Uh, but who knows? This is about we, a ga- this is about a gamma poisoned woman who was also a lawyer. Yes. Yeah. Man, I fucking laughed my ass off when I first saw She Hulk because it was in this one. You remember that Fantastic Four show on Cartoon Network? There was that scene, yeah. right, where they were auditioning people to replace Ben Grimm. You know, all these weirdos come in—a guy in a frog suit, 
guy who can stretch, you know, whatever. By the way, a guy in a frog suit is a legitimate Marvel hero. Yes. He's, he was in one of the Iron Man comics. I was reading it. I was like, I was busting up. Yeah, I read. Uh, no, no. I think he's, um, uh, what's this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When she walks in, she's just this unassuming woman, right? Business suit, briefcase. And Johnny starts taking the piss the piss out of her. He's like, let me guess. That's your magic briefcase, right? She's like, uh, no, it's just a regular briefcase. He's like, fine, whatever. Do your thing. But it better be cool. And then she transforms, grabs him, lifting him up by his face with one hand. And she's like, is this cool enough for you? <laughs> holy shit. Oh, like, holy oh, fuck. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm like, she could kill him right now if she wanted to. <laughs> oh, dude. But that... I mean, you knew she was going to be in the story because it started, like, with them responding to a crime in progress. And it was just the three of them. And then in the fantastic car, out jumps She-Hulk. And she's like, don't worry, Reed. She-Hulk is on the case. And it cuts to Ben Grimm watching it on TV, and he's just sitting there going, it's clobbering time. Like, just, like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> because when I saw him, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? But then he says it, and I'm like, wait, what? That's Grimm? What happened? And then the episode starts. Which is, Yeah. Oh, man, I'm looking forward to this She-Hulk series. I really am. Also, okay, now this is like way off topic. Right. I think it's coming out this year, right? The War Machine series. Yeah, yeah. Armor Wars, yeah. Oh, I'm excited for this. I'm excited for this show. Oh, I'm excited. Do you remember the old Iron Man um, Where's the teenager? Show, yeah, the teenager show, and then that that time that ghost infiltrated uh, his uh, his lab and he, and and stole his suit and then sold it to a bunch of like other people. Yeah, the army. They basically wars. doing that. They basically doing that, but they having more machine instead of you know, Tony because obvious reasons. Anyways, I, I'm 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 excited for this. Right. Yeah, also, there's, yeah. there's a strange um, property um, that Rhodey has that I've never explored in the comics. Is that Rhodey has incredibly strong will. Like, he, in one of the later comics, there's this guy who uses discs that, like, plant themselves into your body and basically he can control you and like to a normal person he'd take them over but he plugged them into Rhodey and they didn't do anything it was just Rhodey was walking around like a normal person the guy couldn't even like you know um, command him to do anything and I don't know if they're going to explore that element it's very it's very weird and off topic but yeah I don't know maybe it might it might pop up because they are taking um, characters that didn't get much attention in, you know, the blockbuster 
movies. Yeah. I'm really expanding on them for their own blockbuster movie. So yeah, yeah, they could, they can do wonders, man. They marvel, the studio that knows no flops. Uh, listen, we can bring out in humans. Hey, that was a TV show. But the, <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> oh, we could bring up, oh, we could bring up Ben Affleck dead. I mean, yeah. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Should I start playing Nirvana, Nirvana now or later? <laughs> whoa. Oh, dude, that was, that was a lot, that was a different studio, man. They owned Marvel Properties. Back then, Marvel sold their properties to studios. You know, Lionsgate Films oh, yeah. got The Punisher. Paramount got Captain America and Iron Man. Universal got The Hulk. And Sony got Spider-Man. Oh, and Fox got The Fantastic Four and X-Men. So, yeah. Crazy bastards and Fox. Yeah. They don't exist anymore. But, you know. The mighty have fallen. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways, man, uh, final thoughts, bro? Final thoughts is that I need to go watch The Hulk. Yeah. Uh, preferably the first one. And uh, I'm going to go on YouTube and watch that fight yeah. between Hulk and Abomination. I feel like it'll be pretty epic. Some popcorn. It is cold. It is cold for you know, where we live. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm going to get some popcorn. Definitely a popcorn movie. I'm going to open up YouTube. Yeah. And I'm going to download the first Hulk movie. Yeah. Yeah. So? Well, now that you know what, like, all the themes and the elements and all that going in, it's it's going to rewatch it. It's definitely going to give me a... Yeah. Yeah, it's going give to give me a different mindset heading into the film. You know, and and like reviewing the movie underneath that lens. Yeah. So I think my experience will be different. Right. Yeah. Well. <clears throat> oh man. It has been. It's, it's been. Fun. Yeah, this, this has been fun. Anyway, uh, always a pleasure to have you, man. Until next time. Until next time. I'm out. Uh, stay green, man.